Baptist West Albuquerque. Uh, it's good to take some time to talk to you a little bit. Uh, Stephen, Pastor Stephen with the Frankfurt team uh, here with uh, Pastor Danny and Lori and uh, Aubrey Marsh. Also, uh, we this is take two at this. We uh, we did a take at this last night, late last night, and used all the wrong settings to record. So we'll see if this goes better. We are presently recording while we are on a train from Vienna to Wels, uh, Austria, where we're going to meet uh, some folks that are planning uh, a church out that way. Lance and Carrie are here with us too, and. Uh, Anyway, so what we want to take a few moments to just share some uh, highlights from our time in Frankfurt. We were in Frankfurt from uh, Saturday the 23rd through uh, Tuesday, a couple days ago as we're recording this, um, and uh, did a few things there in the city of Frankfurt. And so I want to take some time and just each of us from the team just share uh, some highlights from uh, from what we did, uh, things that stuck out while we were there in Frankfurt. So we'll start with Lori. Um, what was a what was a significant highlight for you from the time that we were um, time that we were in Frankfurt? Yeah, I um, I just really enjoyed. I think I've so far I've enjoyed all the the parts, but um, one that stuck out to me was. Um, um, when we went on a idol walk with Stefan and he um, kind of pointed out the different idols in the city of Frankfurt there in downtown Frankfurt and um, he was just pointing out various things and how they all kind of intertwined with each other and, and for example um, yeah, we just started with kind of a, a section of, of the town that was kind of just drug ridden with you know people that were addicted to drugs and and um and it was uh then it kind of moved on to the red light district so obviously sex mm-hmm. as being the idol there and then it kind of moved on from there to um um the i guess commerce area where there's you know people making lots of money mm-hmm. <laughs> lots mm-hmm. of euros and um and how um and then kind of from there it was kind of health and wellness and the body and you know fitness and then from there we <coughs> looked at um, education and um, just um, that type of thing and so how the each of those kind of intertwined and also really were a lot like what we have in our city you know in the states um, but you know he kind of talked about how the people that were you know making the money were the ones kind of funding the red light district and mm-hmm. and people in the red light district probably in order to deal with their you know idolatry they would visit the the drug area mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and just how you know the just seeing that and realizing the the slavery and how sin enslaves and and really traps us and um, they're looking for satisfaction mm. and yet um, they're not finding it it's just a vicious cycle mm-hmm. and um, how you know we can approach evangelism or you know sharing the gospel mm-hmm. in that way that you know there, there is something that satisfies mm-hmm. and it's it's in the person of Jesus mm-hmm. and um, that just 
really stood out to me that our sin will always, always enslave, and God always wants to set you free. Mm. Yeah. And the world tells you the opposite, mm-hmm. that God will enslave you. Mm. Mm. And um, this sin, this lure of sin will is freedom, yeah. where in, in yeah. actuality it's trapping right. people. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, 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 Stefan, the uh, person that Lori's talking about, is a, uh, he, he works for uh, another church planting organization called City to City, which comes out of uh, Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York, and they plant churches in uh, urban areas like New York, Frankfurt, uh, other places as well, and Stefan is the director for City to City in Frankfurt, and City to City and the International Mission Board are collaborating together in church planting and making disciples there in the city, um, and and just working in, uh, in ways that help one another to really achieve the same goal, knowing that they can do more together than they can, uh, than they can apart, so... Uh, yeah, so Stefan uh, took us through through the city, pointed some of these things out, and was helping us to see that uh, some of the things that we see as idols, and here we're not talking about like actual graven gods, but things in people's lives that that captivate their attention, capture their hearts, uh, and helping us to see that this is that these things are not just in Frankfurt, but they're in lots of Western countries, uh, including yeah. the United States. So yeah, it's good, Aubrey. Um, was a highlight for you from a, a time in, in Frankfurt and with folks over at the IMB? Uh, yeah, I think the highlight for me was the talk that we kind of, or maybe the training that we went through um, after the Idle Walk with Stefan. Um, it was with uh, Chris. He's a missionary partner in Gingle Kirk and Grizzledorf mm-hmm. something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What. Chris is in Dusseldorf. I can't. I can't pronounce anything Van out and here. Jackie are in <laughs> Gelsenkirchen. <laughs> but yeah, he's a missionary partner here in uh, Germany. And uh, basically what he did was he kind of gave us a... N- we just went through a tunnel <laughs> on the train and just got out of the tunnel and all of our ears just uh, immediately clogged up at the same time. That's what that pause was. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so Chris's training was kind of giving us perspective on how to evangelize in a postmodern, post-Christian culture. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically we take these idols and, um, well, okay, so we, we went through this idol walk and we kind of gain perspective on um, what people's hearts are kind of captivated by here in this city. And so a way to kind of um, break that down in evangelizing to somebody of with this worldview, right, this post-Christian worldview, is to um, basically, well, so there are four steps. So you, so the first step is um, approaching somebody, and this is not like a 30 second, you know, gospel presentation that we're kind of used to giving, right? Um, it's a, it's an in it for the long haul way of approaching evangelism, and that you, um, basically you ask somebody what their greatest hopes, dreams, fears about life are. You ask them 
um, kind of, you, you want to get to know them. You want to ask them questions about themselves. Um, and then in these questions and in this conversation, you um, begin to understand kind of what they value and what is important to them. And you kind of identify those idols that they yeah. might have. And then you can kind of relate to them in saying, like, I want that too. Like, this is something, like, it's not even sometimes our idols aren't even bad things right they, right, they yeah. can actually be good um but you know everybody can kind of agree that too much of a good thing can sometimes be bad become a bad thing yeah. right so even if you don't understand you know morality in the sense that god is the highest moral good and we are sinners mm-hmm. um even if you don't understand that you can understand right in this age of relative truth it seems yeah. like especially in europe nobody understands that so um, once you kind of um, once you start to identify <coughs> what a person's hopes, dreams, fears, the things that they may be pot- potentially giving more attention to, right? Then God, then right. pivot to right. Yeah. So you you say like, yep, I want that too. Those things are important mm-hmm. to me too. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Identify the good. Yeah. In mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then, um, uh, like basically kind of shifting their worldview and saying, Hey, um, why don't you look at this from my perspective? Mm-hmm. The Bible says that we all need those things. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is a, a Christian perspective, a, a gospel perspective of, of the way that you are looking at life or this thing or this, this idol mm-hmm. and, um, like how does this is how God can fulfill that? Yeah, yeah. And so you kind of invite them into saying, "Why don't you look at it from this perspective mm-hmm. for just a minute? Mm-hmm. From my perspective mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. just a minute?" And then, um, then you kind of hopefully bring them to a place of, um, so so how how was the way you were doing it before working out for you mm-hmm. and how is like what's different about it now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and how like like and hopefully they can identify that there that the way that they viewed things before was problematic and that it wasn't satisfactory and that it wasn't fulfilling and then you can basically lead them to the point of that Jesus is the only one who can truly satisfy our souls yeah, yeah. um so yeah so i really appreciated especially being part of um gen z you know like who are already kind of um developing this post-christian i I would say they might be the some of the front runners in this idea of Mm -hmm. um that all truth is relative you do you like you know i can um, believe something totally different from what you believe and then at like at the same time both of us can be right right like there is no absolute and so as somebody who already experiences this in my everyday life and in my evangelism it's really helpful to kind of um have tools in my pocket to be able to use that not just here in germanic europe but also back Mm -hmm. home in america with the people that i interact with and then it also makes me want to look inwards um to i be able to sharpen my gospel presentations of okay what were my idols in the past how has mm-hmm, god mm-hmm. worked through those and um what was the difference before and the difference after yeah he worked through those in my life and then 
even right now in the present, mm-hmm. what is an idol in my life and how does the gospel speak to that and yeah. kind of relating yeah. to people on that level. Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, Danny, highlight of the time, at least in Frankfurt for you. Yeah, actually, uh, both of what Laura and, and Aubrey have talked about were, were highlights for me, too. Uh, one of the things that was cool to see is that uh, um, um, as the different team members and whatnot were able to, uh, to get together and seeing one another, mm-hmm. apparently they don't get to do that all that often. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, you could really tell it was it was almost like family. It kind of reminded me of like a family reunion when you all get together. And, yeah. and you're all talking around the table and, and, and um, just their genuine um, friendship with one another. It's like their extended family. I was just thinking about how you know, difficult it is for the work that they do here and, uh, um, and just the challenges that they face. And uh, um, I don't know, they just, they just gain real support. Apparently they, they've been through a lot together. They yeah. live their lives together. Yeah. They, they're in the trenches together. Sure. They've had family issues and whatnot and shared in those. And uh, um, so it's just cool to watch them kind of interact with one another. Mm-hmm. And this is a genuine affection for each other you yeah. know, as, as you know, partners in the gospel here mm-hmm. and, uh, and relying on one another for that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was cool to see. And, and, um, and just to witness the, um, well, yeah, the closeness of relationship that's there and, mm-hmm. and the real sense of the real sense of partnership mm-hmm. of togetherness in, uh, in the work that's being done in Germanic Europe yeah. across their yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, as you were talking about that, I, I, uh, thought about Philippians 1 3 through 5 where Paul says to the church in Philippi I thank my God and all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all uh, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now and and that idea of partnership fellowship commonality uh, sense of togetherness in the gospel uh, was something that something that we saw in a real Mm. kind of tangible way yeah. among among the team of yep. IMB workers in, in Germanic yep. Europe like they yeah. have a they have a a, a, a real and um, uh, significant uh, sense of understanding that they are that they're doing this gospel work together and, yeah. and not just them too but the extended team they're at the yeah. collab even right. with um, uh, uh, Stefan and, mm-hmm. and those that are working with City mm-hmm. to City and even mm-hmm. some of the other you know non IMB missionaries that are in in the city that are um, planning churches and, mm-hmm. and trying to reach people and so um, yeah it was it was really neat to see just people coming together like that yeah yeah how about you um, highlight for you yeah it's, uh, for me it's not not really a highlight but just a thing that sticks out was um, the environment that we that we were kind of in near the collab. So the collab is, um, it's kind of like a shared office, if you will, um, a collaborating space between three, uh, um, three German West European uh, group or groups that are trying to reach, uh, Germany with the gospel mm-hmm. international mission board, uh, city to city. And one other group called greater Europe mission, uh, or gem. And the three of these have, uh, found each other, there in Frankfurt and seeing that they're all trying to do similar work and to do similar things and realizing that they can do more together than they can uh, apart that mm-hmm. they've they've joined forces and and so have all gone in on this space uh, the collab which is funded at least 50% in 
part by uh, Lottie Moon Christmas Offering Gifts, and so the IMB is a significant partner there at the Colab. But the, the Colab is located in an office building in downtown Frankfurt that is otherwise unaffordable, except for the fact that uh, their, their office is uh, in a building on Niederstrasse, which is a, just a street there in Frankfurt, but Niederstrasse, um, the, the, the Colab office is uh, right across the street from a needle dispensary hmm. where drug users can uh, take their used needles, get clean needles, uh, and use their drugs um, without contracting various different diseases and that kind of thing, um, or, or at least minimizing or, or mitigating against some of that. But that the entire street of Niederstrasse is um, is just sort of littered with people lying in the street, mm -hmm. doing drugs, mm -hmm. selling drugs. Um, and in any other street like this in the States, we would not walk down because yeah, right. it, would, it would just it would not be safe. Sure. And for a lot of different reasons, um, it's not that this the street Niederstrasse is is. It's not that it's a safe street necessarily, but there's there's not much risk of violent crime being accosted or attacked sure. by any of uh, the people that are there. Um, but they're there, and they're broken, and they're lying in the street, some of mm. them conscious, some of them not. Mm. Um, we're watching people actively, you know, shooting drugs into their arms mm. uh, and other places and uh, selling drugs and things like that. And, and it was just really um, the brokenness mm. is really palpable there. Mm -hmm. And yet... Um, Kind of like Lori was saying uh, that we saw in the Idle Walk, like you, you go two blocks south through the red light district uh, and you end up in this really sort of affluent, uh, highly trafficked shopping area. It's like really nice yeah. and clean and yeah. normal looking people for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you go a block north of Niederstrasse on the, on the other side of it and uh, you're in a, a fairly normal German neighborhood, neighborhood yeah. <coughs> kind of yeah, urban neighborhood, mm -hmm. but, but mm -hmm. still. Um, but you've got Niederstrasse. It's 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 not an alley, but it's kind of like it's kind of like a back alley. Yeah, that's just exactly. but it's tucked away. And yeah, if you don't, yeah. if you don't know it's there, and you're not meaning, you're not trying mm -hmm. to go there, or, you, or mm -hmm. you're trying to go to these like you won't see it at all. Like that's it's right. just it's there. It's hidden. Those people are are in some sense kind of hidden. Mm. Um, um, but at the same time, um, you know, if you if you accidentally walk down. <laughs> Need to stress it like it, it's just going to hit you in the face. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all that's there, and so it, it was just, it was a strange juxtaposition to me, um, to have all of that happening on that street with everything else just sort of normal, mm -hmm. all around, and not a lot of people really paying attention to it. I, except I don't know, maybe they are, but anyway, it's just that that juxtaposition of normal life and broken life yeah. right next yeah. to each other was just is really. Um, Shocking is not the word, but um, but just it stands out in my mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. And we have places like that in Albuquerque too. Sure. Um, and we have you know people like mm -hmm. that in Albuquerque mm -hmm. too, and mm -hmm. people that are working to try to care for people mm -hmm. like that in right. Albuquerque. Um, I think of people like uh, uh, Rick Devine at Rocket Noonday, mm -hmm. ministering to homeless people. Um, I think about uh, Justin Pearson, who's uh, pastoring at Restore Church in the International District. There's a lot of the same kind of stuff going on right. around there maybe not in quite such a high concentration um but it's still there it's still there and uh and so you know those people are people hmm. uh, they're broken their hmm. lives are a wreck sure um but they're people made in god's image um to know him to love him hmm. to walk in in relationship of worship with him they need the gospel um and made me grateful for people who spend their lives in ministering to broken people like that, mm -hmm. like waiting for mm -hmm. 
a sober moment yeah. where those people can hear the gospel and be able to respond to it. So yeah. um, that just that stands out in my mind, not sure. as a highlight, but no. just as a thing that I will I don't think I'll ever forget. Won't forget. So, yeah. 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 Well, uh, it's good to, to uh, take a couple minutes and um, with this wonderful train ambiance and atmosphere and share some of our thoughts from uh, Frankfurt. Um, hopefully we'll have some opportunity to share some other uh, thoughts along the way from uh, our time in Vienna uh, and elsewhere. And we are going to be meeting with some local church leaders uh, here in, uh, not in Vienna, but in Austria and well, in, in a town called Bells, which is a couple hours west uh, of Vienna and some folks in Vienna as well. And uh, anyway, uh, look forward to sharing some other thoughts as we, uh, as we have time. So we'll leave it there for now yeah. and uh, until we see you next time.